Before I get into the message today, I have a, um, a message that I want to share with you that's, as you'll see, uh, a little bit time critical. Uh, and so, uh, excuse me for taking this moment to do it, but um, a friend of mine uh, sent me this note. Uh, it says this, my cousin has two tickets for 2024 Super Bowl. Uh, both are box seats. He paid $1,500 for each seat, but he didn't realize last year when he bought them that it was going to be the same day as his wedding. <laughs> if you're interested, he's looking for someone to take his place. He said, it will be at St. Joseph Church at three o'clock. <laughs> I don't even have to finish. Her name's Mary, she's cute and she can cook and she'll be the one wearing white. <laughs> that actually has something to do with the sermon. <laughs> because it occurs to me that some people would do anything together for a sporting event. And I thought about that and realized today we are talking about the importance of gathering together as the body of Christ for worship. Wouldn't it be awesome if People thought it was just as important that they would do anything, uh, not this, but almost anything to come together for worship and for study and for fellowship uh, and for service. What if the body of Christ, the people who call themselves followers of Jesus, would go to such extremes to be able to come together as the body of Christ? And it is with that in mind that we're going to talk about gathering together and the significance of gathering together as the body of Christ today. Um, in fact, we look at the, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and we hear uh, the encouragement uh, to gather in kind of an interesting way. This is what it says. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I just love the wording of that, because when I think of the word provoke, I don't typically think, it, I think of it as somebody's doing something to encourage you. I think they're trying to rub you the wrong way. Uh, you know, my, my children, for example, would say, Dad, quit provoking us with those dad jokes, you know. Uh, somehow or another, provoke kind of brings to mind you doing something to irritate. But here, in uh, the writer of Hebrews is using it kind of like an oxymoron, if you will, that we are to come together to provoke one another to love and to good deeds. And in that, an important aspect of why we should come together as the body of Christ. Uh, we are, in fact, to try to help one another, encourage one another, support one another, and certainly to love one another. So we are to provoke one another. And this is the way that Jesus talked about it uh, in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 15, verses 12 to 17. This is the way Jesus talked about how we are to provoke one another. This is out of the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one is greater, has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends 
because I have made known to you everything that I have, that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. I don't know if you noticed it, but in that passage, there was two so that's. Uh, and uh, the one that I really want us to focus on is that final one, so that you may love one another. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you this command that you love one another as I have loved you. You know, that is a very high calling, to love one another as Jesus Christ himself loved us. In fact, he laid down his life for us. In fact, the choir's beautiful anthem was that very passage being shared with us in music, that we are to love one another as he loved us, that we are to be willing to lay down our life. And sometimes maybe that would literally be that we lay down our life for somebody else. But in so many other ways, we can sacrifice of ourselves and therefore lay down our life to be in service for other people. If you've ever heard a pastor talk about call to ministry, uh, often I've heard one say, well, I surrendered to the ministry. Have you ever heard that before? I, surrend I surrendered to the call of ministry. And really what they're saying by those words are that they gave up their life so that they might do what God had called them to do to be in ministry. Well, with that respect, I would say all followers of Jesus need to surrender to the call of ministry. We're all called to lay down our life, to sacrifice of ourselves for others. Jesus, in this passage, said some beautiful things. He said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. You know, we are ones who seek to serve God even as we serve others. So the title servant is appropriate. But what Jesus is saying is the difference between a servant is a friend is that the master has explained everything that we're about. I've told you what I'm here to do. I have given you the marching orders. You have the insight. And therefore, you're not just a servant who just does what I say. You know the game plan. You know what you're supposed to do. You're my friend because together we come together to serve the people of this world. That is what Jesus wanted us to hear. That is how we are to provoke one another to love and to good deeds, to come together and support one another and share and pray and, and serve together to go out and make a difference, to lay our lives down in service for others. And in this world in which uh, it seems to be more and more divided uh, and discouraged and lacking compassion, uh, we find uh, really solace and strength in the words of Jesus Christ. In this passage, Jesus tells us about the tra transformative power of love and the significance of gathering together in nurturing one another in spreading that word, uh, not only in this community of faith, not only in this community, but out into the entire world. Jesus has set the standard for us. Jesus has shown us what agape love truly is. The word agape being the Greek word for love, one of the Greek words for love. In English, we have so many things that we say 
that one word for. There's many words for love in Greek, and it goes for different applications. You know, I would say, well, I love uh, chocolate, and I probably should say uh, unsweetened chocolate, you know, uh, being that I'm a diabetic uh, type 2. Uh, so I like sugar-free Reese's Cups specifically, if you're ever buying for me. Uh, and uh, so I love that. And then I'll say, I love my children, and I love my wife, and I love my church, and I love baseball. They're probably not all on the same page, if you follow me. And Jenna, I love you the most, but behind God, you know, just want to be able to get out of the room today. Baseball falls way under there, okay? <laughs> In Greek, though, when the word agape is used, it's that sacrificial, complete, total love, the love that God has for us. And Jesus is saying, I love you. I agape you in this self-giving way, this selfless way, in the way that I would lay down my life for you. I love you that much. Now go love others that much. Go love others in the way that I have loved you. Jesus is sharing with us true, sacrificial, self-giving love, the power of love that transforms the world around us. And when we come together, we can more, uh, it is more possible, if you will, for us to be able to love like that because we're gonna provoke one another, we're gonna encourage one another, and we're gonna support one another as we seek to love the way that Jesus himself taught us to love and the way that he himself loved us. We are challenged to love one another as he loved us, sacrificially, unconditionally, selflessly. Gathering together as the community will help us actively practice this love as we encourage one another. Jesus declares, you are my friends if you do what I command you. He extends his friendship to all the disciples, offering an intimate and a compassionate relationship that goes beyond the master and the servant dynamic. And likewise, we are called to be friends of Christ who go out loving one another, but seeking to love the world around us. We gather together and that allows us to be nurtured in this friendship that we have and to share our joys and to share our sorrows and to share the challenges that we face in life. And by engaging together with one another, we grow deeper in our understanding of Christ's love and his desires for our lives. Whenever we talk at um, what we call Pizza with the Pastors and today's the first inaugural going to be called from now on explore STP uh, because people coming to learn about our church and the interest of joining our church they're going to start that journey by coming uh, and and attending uh, they'll still get pizza don't worry uh, but they'll be it'll be called explore uh, STP and one of the things that we like to share there is that this church uh, has a mission to connect the world with God's love and that mission is all about this passage, right? Uh, we are to 
be willing to love others just as God has loved us. And we want the world to know that great love. So we're trying to connect the world, all those around us, with God's love. And then underneath there, we have a vision, and we just uh, voted on and created a new vision that's uh, shorter term than a mission statement's long-term overarching a vision statement's typically about three years as we focus on that for a while. And then not that we quit doing those things, but we refocus to other things that we want to do on a, about a three-year period. And so what we came up with for our vision for, for 24, 25, and 26 is to be known by those who come into contact with St. Peter's United Methodist Church and with our members to be known as faithful followers of Jesus Christ in serving and welcoming our neighbor. I did it perfectly and I got a kudo right over here. Um, so uh, obviously that comes from the great commandment, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And if we can be known as people who have come together as the body of Christ at St. Peter's United Methodist Church, and we have gathered for the purpose of study and of, of worship, of growing in our faith, and then of going to serve and share the good news message, hopefully what people will know about us as members of this church is that we seek to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And the way that they're going to experience that is in our willingness to serve others and to welcome others, right? People need to be welcomed into the kingdom, into the love of God, and that's what we should be about. And when we consider this passage, it is that Jesus is saying, so that you will love one another. He is saying to us, it's so important that we love each other here as St. Peter's. But it's so important then that we turn out and go into the world and love others, even those that seem unlovable, right? There is a way that I, when I think about this, to provoke one another uh, in uh, loving and in good deeds. The word provoke, it, it, again, as I thought about that, I said, you know, there's some church people that really know how to provoke. Um, that I've met along the way. Not necessarily according to this scripture. I, you see what I'm saying? When we go out into the world, there's probably even some more folks that like to provoke argument, like to provoke, you know, and split people apart. They like to provoke problems. Well, what we can do to solve that division and divisiveness and hatred even is to love the way Jesus loves. And he says to us that we are to love one another even as he has loved us. We are to provoke in the good sense, encourage one another to truly love and to go share that message with the world that we might be known as faithful followers of Jesus Christ in serving and welcoming our neighbor. That's a way in which we gather as the people of God, the people of St. Peter's, to go do what God's called us to do, to love one another, to love God and to love one another and to take that message to the world. Our purpose is to go out into the world and fulfill that commandment to love. As we leave this place today, I want to encourage each and every one of you to prioritize gathering for fellowship, gathering for worship, gathering for Bible study, gathering for a small group, gathering for service, Coming together 
and building up. Because it is in the power of gathering together with other people who have the same desire to live our lives according to the will of God that we are stronger together than we could ever be on our own. I've often heard people say, well, I can be a Christian and I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And I understand that and I would say in a technical sense that is accurate. Because being a Christian is about opening your heart to God and allowing Christ in then you're a Christian. And then what do you do from that point, I think is a reflection of how seriously you're taking that relationship. Here's the way I'll say it. If you're a Christian, the word Christian means Christ-like, and that should mean that you're trying to be like Christ, therefore you're seeking to love as he has loved us, and you're seeking to emulate as best you can the things that Jesus did. And if you read the story of the gospel story of Jesus, what you're going to find is Jesus never overlooked an opportunity to gather for worship, to be in the temple, to study, and to teach, and to be with others. He didn't turn away from the Jewish people. He went right to the temple. Uh, he did a lot of correcting of some of the scribes and Pharisees, but he didn't turn away from it. Just because he didn't exactly see eye to eye with the leaders in the temple, it didn't keep him from going there. Jesus was always in the temple, in the synagogue, worshiping God, gathering with the people of God. So if we're going to be Christ-like then, what are we to do? We're to gather together not necessarily agreeing with everybody that we meet in the same room with, not, you know, exactly, you know, <laughs> I always say this, we're, we're not on the same political page in this room. I, I, this might shock you. Uh, you. You may be seated beside somebody of a different political affiliation than yourself. Uh, we don't all think alike on all of our theological positions in this church. And um, again, at the Explore STP, that's one of the things I talk about is how we're diverse in thought, but united in mission. And what we mean by that is, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're real conservative theologically or more progressive theologically, probably in this church I find there are those ends, and mostly we're in the middle somewhere. Uh, I find that sometimes I think this way politically, and sometimes I think this way politically. Sometimes I'm over here theologically and sometimes a little bit farther over here theologically. One pastor in talking about that himself, he said, you know, red and blue, you know, those are colors for certain political parties. He said, red and blue, most of my church is purple, right? And so I believe that kind of describes St. Peter's in politics and in, in, our, in our theology as well. Uh, most of us have some you know, pretty open-minded discussions and willingness to talk with people that we don't agree with. And I think I am a stronger person if I can talk to somebody that I don't agree with politically or I don't agree with theologically. And if I will listen to them and be kind and loving, and if I'll speak from a loving place and a kind place, that both of us will walk away from that uh, conversation better off because we have a better understanding of each other. We may not change our position, or we may, but we always will walk away with a better understanding of how someone else came to the place they are. And we also dig deeper in our own understanding and decision to stay where we are, and for this reason, 
Does that make sense? We grow stronger when we share together. I think one of the things that makes us better, that makes us stronger as individuals, is as we gather with people that we don't all agree with, but we love the same. That, that was one of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement that became the, eventually the United Methodist Church. He said, though we not all think alike, may we all love alike. And I think that's exactly what we try to strive for here, that we seek to love alike more than we seek to think alike. And uh, that's the beauty of what this passage is saying to us. You are to love one another, Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm giving you this command so that you would love one another. I want us to leave this place considering what God is doing in our lives, how he has become our friend because he has given us our mission. We know what we're supposed to do. We're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we are to love our neighbor, everyone else even as we have a proper love for ourselves. We have the game plan. We know what Jesus is about. He said now, go love one another. I give you this commandment that you might, might love one another. Let us leave this place seeking every day to do just that and to be the church right here at St. Peter's where people will say, aren't those folks people who love each other and they show us love in our community? and even beyond, to be known as faithful followers of Jesus Christ in serving and welcoming our neighbor. That is the so that of this passage. Go and love and help people experience God's love and bring them into the kingdom of God. My friends, that's my hope for you and for me and for this great church. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we are grateful for the ways you have shown us love. And through Jesus Christ, we see the greatest example of agape love. And he has said that we are to go love even as he has loved us. Help us, O oh God, to give ourselves away, to lay our lives down, to lay down selfishness, uh, to lay down all that we do uh, to make ourselves better, uh, to point to ourselves rather than to point to you. Help us to put all that aside that we may truly live our lives for you so that each, things, each of the things that we do are to try to spread the good news, to try to love one another, to try to serve you in all that we do. Loving God, help us to be more and more like Jesus. For we pray this in his name. Amen.